it would be crazy if we ran our cars until the engine seized and then took it into the shop. Like we know better. We, we, you know, we change the oil, you know, uh, if the light comes on, you, you take it in, you get it looked at. You know, I don't know much about cars, but I know that you have to do regular maintenance. Uh, and yeah. I know that, uh, for my own body and mind as well, and seem to, uh, fail on that front. <laughs> at least, yeah. uh, it's not in balance just yet. And, and think about what you, I think what you just said is actually powerful. You said, well, we know not to run our cars into the ground because a light comes on. I wonder why the light yeah. started. Maybe the light started because like people within people the, forgot. Yeah. Well, I don't need to, I, I'll wait. The, the oil change. I said 30 miles, 30,000 miles, 30,000 miles, mm -hmm. 300,000 miles. How, when I need an oil change, that oil looks fine, you know? And imagine yeah, yeah. How, how many times companies said, you know what? People are not getting it. Like, let's put a we gotta, warning we gotta put on an there. alert on here. Yeah. And even then, it still sense. happens, right? It's, oh, I just thought it was a, I just covered it up with a little post-it note. And I thought nobody wanted to see, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the things that happen yeah. causes us to ignore even the signs, you know? Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. This is Ashanti Branch, and I am glad that you've joined us. Today's guest, today's conversation is with Freehand Profit, uh, known by Gary Lockwood. Uh, he is an artist, a designer, illustrator, a hip hop head, and a sneaker head. Um, as you'll see and hear in this conversation, we talk about shoes and how those have become a big part of his life. Uh, you know, when I was growing up uh, and the Jordan phase came into my life, uh, my family couldn't afford Jordans. And I think the first story I can remember about a pair of Jordans is uh, being at a store called Ross and, um, you know, the, the cheap shoes on the end. And I had a big foot growing up, so my shoes were always size 13, 14, 15. Um, you know, those are the only sizes that I could fit. And I remember one day getting this pair of blue, red and white shoes and um, my mom got them and they were in the put them in the closet because I was like, I'm not wearing no red, white and blue shoes. And like it was kind of they didn't look so cool, at least as far as I was high top, you know, and it was. And I remember one day, one season of of, of rain when my um, my other shoes had holes in them, you know, and. I had to wear some shoes. And so I put these shoes on, went to school and people were like, dude, where'd you get those? I'm like, I don't know. They're just, you know, they were Nikes, but I did not know at the time they were Jordans. <laughs> My first pair of Jordans I wore in the rain because <laughs> I didn't know they were Jordans. Because as you know, that there's a there's so many different types of shoes. But if you go to freehand profit website you will see what he has done to transform shoes into works of art you know this conversation is not about shoes it's not about uh, art necessarily but it is about two men coming together and having a creative conversation around these masks and you will see that he creates amazing gas masks out of shoes and it sounds interesting but until you see them you have no idea how amazing his work is so without further ado uh listen to this conversation between 
Freehand Prophet and myself, Ashanti Branch. And we thank him for being on this journey of taking off the mask. If you want to make a mask, please go to www.100kmasks.com. And we look forward to being a part of the movement with us. Have a great day. Like just, man, I've been so glad to, to be able to see your work. So uh, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. You know, I am um, Chauncey Branch and I, I've been watching your work for man over over i would say more than a year but probably a couple of years before i even sent a message to you we we hadn't even created this campaign when i saw some of your masks i know that um first maybe for the audience who doesn't know who you are like because i'm so excited like i'm getting i'm already jumping right in maybe you could just (laughs) introduce yourself and uh tell people like you know who are you? Like, that's just a way for us to get sure. started. And and did you get a chance to do your mask? Because we're going to do that. I did. I have it right. right here. It's a little All makeshift, but right. uh, it'll, it'll do. That's that's like, well, that's beautiful right there. Right on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you uh, Okay. Yeah. So uh, my name is Gary Lockwood. I'm better known as Freehand Profit. And for the last 10 years, I've been transforming uh, sneakers into one-of-a-kind masks, uh, most notably gas masks. Nice. And, and just, I mean, normally one of the things we want to do is like, as we get to know you, uh, like, how did that first mask start? Like, now you were creating gas sure. masks. I imagine that today, I imagine you never knew or thought that millions of people or billions of people around the planet would be probably wearing masks. Wearing masks. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, I've always felt their importance. Um, so the, the sneaker masks actually stemmed from a project that I started in 2010 called Mask 365. And every day for a year, I would make or design a, a mask using different techniques and materials every day, post it through my blog. Uh, and it was basically, it was about a creative push. It was inspired by Noah Scalin's Skull a Day project. And, um, you know, at the time I was working at a print shop, I had started my own clothing line. And, you know, when, when you start a company, you, you really ask yourself, well, why are people buying this product from me? And I'm like, well, if you're buying designer t-shirts, it should be somebody who's a designer and uh, someone who knows art and and all of these things. And so, uh, you know, for me, I've always been an artist. So that's what I was marketing myself as. And I also felt that uh, despite my lifetime of making art, that I wasn't doing it enough to put myself out there. Uh, And so I said, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, say that I'm an artist, I better make art every day. And so it was a, it was a challenge for myself to, to really uh, walk the walk uh, along with talking this talk. Um, and it was a kind of a rebirth for me because I had, um, I, I don't want to say I left art alone, but I was focused more on design work um, after graduating from uh, college with my uh, bachelor's degree in fine arts. I was just so jaded by the art world. I, I was turned off to it. And so I was like, ah, you know what? I'll just do graphic design and, and make my living and, and have fun. And then uh, eventually I got tired of that and said, why am I using all my energy to realize other people's visions? I want to realize my own visions and, and shifted my energy towards that. 
That's beautiful. So in that 365 days, did you accomplish that one a day for the whole year? Yes. Yeah. We, we, uh, and actually I say we, uh, I had kind of a creative gym buddy of sorts, my friend Charlton, who also worked at the print shop with me. Uh, he did the, the same design project with burgers instead of masks. So, uh, you know, it was, some of them were wacky, some of them were quick. Um, but you know, other, other good ideas came out of that, um, purge of, of bad ideas or cheap ideas. That's amazing. You guys just gave me a great idea. Maybe I, is that, is that something that, uh, you have a format for, or you just say, I'm going to do 365 mass in this next, over the next 365 days. You know, so I, I, I really do encourage it just like, um, Noah Scalin who inspired me, he, he's, uh, built part of his career on being this, uh, creative challenge, uh, guy. And, and I think all of his disciples who've, found, you know, careers or callings or some new passion through um, these projects kind of carry that on. So, uh, you know, there's the format is find one that works for you. Uh, I have a friend who chose to do a monthly project and that took him to places he didn't think would go. Uh, My wife, Betsy, also did her own uh, daily project. uh, And, you know, it, it might it brings new ideas to the surface and kind of kind of solidifies like, okay, I don't want to go this direction. I want to go this direction. You know, it, it clears the mind a little bit. You know, we, um, in our campaign, when I reached out to you about a year ago, we, I told you about this, our goal was to collect a hundred thousand masks. And, you know, because I'm, I, I think I'm sometimes overly ambitious, we moved it up to a million, right? So I guess I'm just not busy enough. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's called a million mask movement. And, you know, in my office here where I'm at right now, I have about 45,000 masks that are here. Incredible. Right? That people all over that 16 different countries have participated in, created. And I think that idea, like I've seen so many of them, right? Like I've, I flipped through them. I've looked through them, read them. I've like empathized with a lot of them. Um, and it's been this beautiful journey of like, how do we give more people the opportunity to like, as much as they're willing to take off the mask a little bit, to, to get more real, to, and it may not be to but one person, but to do it to someone so you don't hold all that stuff in by yourself, you know? Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, no, yeah. I was going to say that it, it's such a, such a great message. And I think something that um, I've always, I, I've found reflected in the work as well is that, you know, um, the sneakers are kind of an armor or persona that we put on that uh, kind of protect, uh, you know, who we really are. And, and um, you know, they, they show the parts of us that we want to show and, and hide the stuff that we want to hide. Um, and so to me, the, the sneakers were, were connected with, with masks in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just as much about what we hide as it is what we, what we show. Yeah. Man, I, I have like tons of questions, but I think maybe our next thing, maybe we'll just jump into the mask. And we've done, sure. it, a couple, we've done, sure. it, we've done it a couple of different ways. We, I, give it, I give the guest the opportunity to, do you want to like share your whole front and then I share my whole front or do you want to do one word at a time? Like what feels more, uh, more comfortable for you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 
kind of uh, all right with either way. I, I think maybe we just both we both show the front and okay. uh, go from there, right? Okay, sounds great. Sounds great. Okay. So uh, am I diving in first here? If you like, I mean, whatever you feel comfortable, I'm, I'm open to that. I tell you what, you you know you've done this before, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you do yours, and and uh, that way I I know uh, I did my my homework right. <laughs> Man, you you did it perfect. I have no doubt. Um, so basically, uh, what I do, I, I mean, I'll try and show it. We don't know. I'm gonna we're gonna try and see if we can pick it up. So this is the front. So sure. there we go. So the front of my mask, uh, I have three words there. I have helpful, hardworking, and funny. Those are the qualities of myself that I gladly show. Um, I think I started off, you know, being helpful when I was young because I was the oldest and I was always having to, I only had a choice to either want to be helpful. I don't think it was I like started as a choice. I think it was like, yeah. go in there and grab that thing and go get that, you know, I was like. <laughs> drilled into you. It was drilled into me about being helpful, right? Because the, the other side of that was not very, didn't feel very good, you know? Um, and then a funny, uh, you know, I, I, I think when I think about why I think about being funny a lot is because I was all oftentimes not very happy, I think. And so how could I just make people laugh? And I wasn't a class clown. I mean, not most of my life, but some of my life, um, but more just like trying to take it, make it light, like to not focus on that. the other stuff. And then hardworking, I think um, sometimes maybe even to a fault, you know, but it's, it's what I think is a, a positive trait that people was like, oh, he's so hardworking. And I, and I think those are the three that I, I gladly let people see. I really appreciate you sharing that. And uh, yeah, I, I guess I did, uh, I did maybe a little bit too much, but <laughs> the first thing I'm uh, eager to show you is uh, the first thing on my list there, here, I'm gonna try to cover the back of my mask there, uh, is hard working. Awesome. Uh, and I agree with you there uh, to the point where uh, it does feel like a fault. Uh, I, I'm a workaholic. Um, and I've always taken pride in that, but lately I've also felt maybe the flip side of that. And, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, friends who, uh, have their own addictions and that whole aholic part, uh, does carry more weight than we, we recognize. And, um, there is an avoidance of other things and maybe that's why we're drawn to the work. Uh, so, uh, the second one, uh, second word on my list, uh, is strong. Um, and I think I put up a good face, uh, you know, um, been through enough that I, I know I should be grateful for what I have. And also to know that, um, when times are tough, they'll, they'll pass and things will be good again, but you know. <laughs> trying to ignore the fact that it's uh, it's a tough situation in the moment isn't necessarily the solution there either. Um, and the third would be uh, confident. Um, and again, that is more projection of things that I feel are, are missing and uh, maybe needs to be strength or uh, reinforced, I guess. And I think that's something that the mask does for me man thank you for that you know when we when we first started doing this workshop and I, I really appreciate you sharing those things because we talk about addictions like I I didn't know you could be addicted to working hard when I you know 
I found myself uh, getting carried out of my classroom as a teacher in an ambulance because I was like, I, I think looking you back. You care of yourself? Yeah, no, not even. No, I, I'm yeah. much better at taking Sorry care of Sorry to interrupt others. that. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad. Yeah. To, yeah, I'm much better at taking care of others. I yeah. I think sometimes when I take, I was talking to a teammate today. I said, sometimes when I say I'm going to turn my phone off at 7 p.m. And like my brain first says, well, what if somebody needs me? What if somebody mm -hmm. needs mm -hmm. something? What if one of the young people in the program calls me? And I think that out of, out of the goodness of my, I think, yeah, I mean, it feels like that's, that's what I, my heart is feeling, but to take care of me and to say, I'm gonna just spend a couple of hours just letting me be with me, it feels selfish. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it also takes um, building it into your life as a practice, just like yeah. everything else. Uh, like, you know, you're talking about having that uh, helpfulness being being drilled into you. That's practice that's been formed over over a lifetime. And yeah. uh, similarly, like, like you, I, I don't take the time uh, for myself and it will compile until it's a problem. And then I have to in order just to get back to zero instead of like maintaining you know it would be crazy if we ran our cars until the engine seized and then took it into the shop like we know better we, we you know we change the oil you know uh if the light comes on you, you take it in you get it looked at you know, i don't know much about cars but i know that you have to do regular maintenance uh and yeah. i know that uh for my own body and mind as well and seem to uh fail on that front <laughs> at least yeah. uh it's not in balance just yet and, and think about what you, I think what you just said is actually powerful. You said, well, we know not to run our cars into the ground because a light comes on. I wonder why the light yeah. started. Maybe the light started because like people within people the- People forgot, yeah. Well, I don't need to, I, I'll wait. The, the oil change, I said 30 miles, 30,000 miles, 30,000 miles, mm -hmm. 300,000 miles. How, when I need an oil change, that oil looks fine, you know? And imagine yeah, yeah. How, how many times companies say, you know what? People are not getting it. Like, let's put a we gotta, warning we gotta put on an there. alert on here. Yeah. And even then, it still Makes happens, sense. right? It's, oh, I just thought it was a, I just covered it up with a little post-it note. And I thought nobody wanted to see, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the things that happen yeah. causes us to ignore even the signs, you know? When you think about the back, right, it's the other side of that, right? Like, when these are things I gladly that people see and the things I don't. And I wonder how many, if I think about my back, I'm going to think about those that I'm writing. It's like... Oh yeah, like I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I, I kind of want to just leave it out of sight. And I think it's, 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 and, it's, it's, and this this uh, discussion right now that we're finally having after you you know about a year of us going back and forth about you know let's let's get something going let's let's start this discussion uh, is is that avoidance I'm sure because every time. It came down to it. I was like, all right, now I got to deal with my, my stuff. You know, like there's been, uh, and, and I, I've been seeing all the work that you're doing and I, and I absolutely love it. I'm like, I, I, this is what we need more of in the world. We need to have these discussions uh, and we need to normalize it. And yet I still had that hesitation to like do it myself. Uh, and, you know, um, I, th I thought of something the other day and it's, it's, uh, 
dealing with these things that we've avoided for so long um, brings up certain feelings that, you know, uh, we're going to talk about the back of the mask soon, but the first thing on my list is, is depression uh, and, and my battle with that. Um, But we, we should know that addressing these issues, facing these things that we've avoided isn't going to bring immediate relief of this depression or these these bad feelings. Uh, in fact, I've seen a deepening of the depression as I address these things because I'm actually acknowledging these these issues or these events that affected me that I chose to just ignore and um, it, you know, causes a little pain to dig that splinter out, but eventually the the healing can begin once, once you get it out there. So um, I'm sure that's a little bit off topic. No, that's actually, no, that's perfect. Actually, I thank you for going first. You actually, you started the back end out and I'll, you know, when, you know, I heard someone say that, you know, when we think about depression and anxiety, like some people would name it as, you know, being present in the past or being present in the future and the worry. Mm-hmm. And the first one on my list is fear of failure. Right. Yeah. So this idea that I'm always like trying to look ahead. So I'm, I'm almost like to be present. I got to like, I can just breathe. Right. Because yeah. I'm always like, yeah. what did not finish? What I got to still get done. And I'm constantly yeah. jumping from past to future. And I think that mm-hmm. moment, sometimes in my workshops, I'll tell people, take a deep breath with me because I need to get present because I'm trying to think about how I'm going to close. So I'm trying to like, so all the things that happen, right? And my mind wants to race and like wants to think about how am I going to close this interview with you? Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even. So I've learned that in this space of this conversation, I get to just be and we will kind of get to a place where we like, yeah, that was that was what it was supposed to be. What, and, yeah, exactly what it needed to and, be. And it lets me be present so I don't have to think about, yeah, whatever, whenever a word is supposed to come out, it came out. Like you shared one of them. And I really, first, I thank you for that. I thank you for, no you know, a lot of the young people in our program that we deal with um, who are struggling with things, like they, they oftentimes didn't think nobody cared. And since no one else yeah. talks about their stuff, then they're not going to be the first one. And so then no one's going to be first. And so we're all going to pretend like everything's great until mm-hmm. the light until comes it all on. crumbles. Yeah, all exactly. Crumbles, right? right? Yeah. And I think when we there's smoke when coming out the engine, <laughs> man, something is seizing up right there, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. belts are tight, the belts are squeaking. We're here, like ah, no, no, don't worry. I put my music up a little louder. I'm gonna turn it up. Exactly. So no, exactly. No one hears this squeaking. Master up. of avoidance. <laughs> I totally get that. Oh man. Well, I'll go to my second one. Thank you for that. And um, the, the second one I wrote was uh, sadness of my father's death. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my father died before I was born. And so I learned, I was raised by my mom. So I was, I was raised to be really in touch with how I felt about stuff. Right. Like she's a woman, she was always emoting. So I'm going to emote too. Right. But when you leave that house to show emotion, oh, it's very different. It's not accepted. What's wrong with you? Why are you so happy? Why are you smiling all the time? Why are you like, what? What? I can't, you're not supposed to smile here. Like, and then you you started learning how to, act the way that outside the house needs you to act. And sometimes yeah. almost two different, almost like two different people, two different 100%. parts of myself, you know? And I think that I totally get that. Yeah. 
So that one's, that's the one that I carry a lot. That's one I carry a lot. And um, my sadness about my father's death. That is, that's something, that's something powerful, man. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Thank you. Uh, uh, for me, the, the second piece on my list is, uh, is self-doubt. Um, you know, despite being able to achieve as much as I've been able to achieve, uh, kind of like what you said, it's that worry and the anxiety. It's, did I do something wrong in the past that's affecting my future? Am I making the right decisions right now that are making for a better future? Should I be thinking more about my future? I got a lot to do right now. I got to catch up on it. It's it. There's, there's so much. And, um, being self-employed for 10 years, there's, there's no like, Ooh, I get a, I get a raise. I got a promotion, some way to measure like, Hey, you're, you're doing okay. You're doing a good job. You're appreciated in this, you know, in what you're doing. Um, it's, you know, it's Instagram algorithms and uh, dwindling likes, which, you know, of course mean very little until you realize, you know, until you're like trying to pitch to a brand and they're measuring your contract based on your online engagement and that type of stuff. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of, man, I've been doing it for 10 years. Am I going to be able to do it for another 10? When's the day that uh, I should just go and, and get a day job and uh, leave, leave it all behind and say, you know, I used to be, used to be an artist back in the day, but, you know, you, you keep going and you keep pushing and, and uh, just kind of hoping that day never comes. Well, I thank you for that because I think as an entrepreneur, as a social entrepreneur who's trying to like help people, young people, I remember when we hit 25,000 masks, right? And I was like, I was already looking towards 30 and 35, right? I was like, mm-hmm. like 25,000 people like, created a mask where they shared really personal stuff and I was like because I had the goal of a hundred thousand right so like I'm like I'm so far away it's only 25% of the goal like my mind just was like that that like is that even enough like oh look at that we typed the number around the screen and the, the post and it was like Oh, that's a, that's a cute number, but it's you know it's like is it, is it impressive <laughs> I don't know and I, and I think what, what it, yeah yeah, no, I mean, it, that's, that's a, it's a daily thing. And I, 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 I feel you and you have to know that 25,000 is a huge success, you know, cause it's all, it's all relative, of course, but like you said, it's something so personal and, and yeah. that is a huge number. And, um, you know, that ambition can be, a, be a good thing, you know, always pushing forward that, that, that's good. Um, you know, but pat yourself on the back, of course, too, because, that's that's good work, man. I think and I think maybe more as men, as a man, as I identify as a male, like what happens in this world is that I think men have been taught when they're boys to suck it up, just man yeah. up. Like you don't need nobody appreciating you. Like you don't need like so we either we turn off the desire for that, but it's human to want to be recognized. Mm-hmm. I think it's human. Mm-hmm. I think I heard somebody say babies cry for it and soldiers die for it this idea of recognition, yeah. right? Like yeah. I'm serving in my community. I'm serving my, my family. I'm, 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 and then, but when you don't hear it and you want it and then you're trying to tell yourself you don't want it. I think the battles 
happened so big because of our unmet expectations. Like we want it, but no one's doing it. And since we don't feel we should tell them we want it, then it just becomes a cycle of like, well, what do you want? (laughs) How do I help? How do I help you? If I don't even, you can't even tell me what it is I'm not providing. Right. Sure. Sure. I get that too. And I think, excuse me. Um, we, we kind of are taught that we shouldn't measure ourselves by what other people think of us. Uh, we shouldn't measure ourselves by social media engagement. We shouldn't measure ourselves by the paycheck that we have. And these are all things that are very true. And so we're constantly looking for ways like, how, how, do, we, how do we measure up? How do I know that I'm doing enough in this world for myself, for my family, for my community? Like, to me, the answers in my head are, I mean, first of all, it's Nate Dogg's voice going, it's never enough. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, nobody cares, work harder. You know, and those are the two things that, like, have been maybe a positive driving force in my life, but also have, it's been a double-edged sword. Like, it, it cuts as much as it, um, cuts me as much as it maybe protects, or I'm not sure exactly how that would go, but you, you, you get me. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, funny about that song is never enough. I think that idea of fear of failure, like always having to check, am I doing, am I, am I operating the way I'm supposed to be operating in the world in this way? Um, The last one I wrote was um, originally I wrote a card. I wrote mental health of my brother. My brother has a paranoid schizophrenia and um, I love him, but he like, I think he can trigger me more than almost anybody else. Like he know, like, yeah. And so I, but what, what, what makes me more nervous is like dealing with him, dealing with police on the street and people on the street. Like, I just think people don't treat people with mental health issues really, really kindly. And I think sometimes I ask my, myself, I said, do you know what you're doing right now? Do you understand how you're in, how we're engaging right now? And I think sometimes I don't even, I can't, I don't know the answer. Does he know that? He's pushing all these buttons and is it my stuff? It's probably my stuff too, right? Like as much as I don't want him showing Just up at my house family. at three in the morning, right? <laughs> Especially, showing, I mean, I'd much rather him show up at my house at three in the morning, ask for a ride, even though I'm like, are you out of your mind? Than to be wandering the streets at three in the morning. But I prefer you just not to do it in the first place, right? So it's like, yeah, I love you. I want you to get safe, home safe. But I don't want to wake up at three in the morning to take you home because you decided to right. not go home on t- all those things like right? those those battles and so I, that was what i originally wrote and then when you talked about um addiction about um friends and like things like that in, in one of your comments i think one thing that i i want to say is that i have been really managing of addiction to food like mostly flour and sugar like sweets like pastries like and because i don't like when i when i engage in them <laughs> when i do battle with them I'll, I'm not hurting nobody. I'm not taking from anybody else. I'm not, I'm just, but I'm, but it's, it's never enough. It's like, right. I can, ha- I, like, I don't know what the normal amount of Oreos a person should eat, but I can, <laughs> until I finish the row, it's not enough, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> a completionist. I admire that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually number three on my list too. And, and, and my lists uh, actually went on to like five or six for nope. each column. Perfect. But, but, uh, body issues was, was the next thing for me as well. Uh, I, I grew up a fat kid. I got a sweet tooth 
and a uh, I think addictive personality, whether it's, you know, eating a bag of Skittles until it's gone, you know, uh, I am off cigarettes, but you know, I spent 14 years smoking Newports and like there was like there, if I had them, I was smoking them. And it's, um, it, it, I think it, it comes into play with a lot with, with body issues and, and I've learned to eat better over, over time. And, but that comes again with, with more weight and more, I feel like responsibility. Like now I know better, I should be doing better. And if I'm not, I'm, I'm messing up. Like, you know, like, uh, and so I have, then there's guilt for that. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you in the last two weeks, you know, we're, we're quarantined, you know, uh, money's tight. I'm sure you know, times are tough for everybody, you know, so we're not always eating the, the best things, uh, that we should be. Um, so I felt like I was, I was putting on some weight, you know, stress eating again. And, uh, there's a possible TV appearance later in the month. So I'm like, okay, I gotta start eating right, getting back into shape. Uh, and I was actually shipping out a mask for an international client and, uh, it was a big box. So I had to get a, a, a different scale. I borrowed a scale, uh, from a friend. We don't actually have like a body scale in the apartment. <laughs> uh, and I got on it and it said 139. And I, I, like, this is not at all, like I was floored because I thought I was packing weight back on. When I first moved to California, I was about 220 and I'm only like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so like, that, it's a good amount of weight, uh, not, nothing crazy, but uh, I worked hard to, to, to work that off. Yeah. Um, never been like the defined ripped guy, you know, I'm, I'm an artist. I spent so much time in the studio for that. Um, but like, it really was kind of an eye opener in the sense of like, okay, clearly I have some issues there because if I'm feeling fat and I'm 139, that's not an issue. Like, you know, maybe I'm a little flabby, but that's not a weight, that's not a weight problem. And perceiving it as, you know, just understanding um, and being in tune with our bodies is, is such a, a ever changing thing and has played such a role keeping our, our minds and work in balance that I know I got to do better with that. I really do. Like, uh, I heard someone say, and connected to that, it's like the story we tell ourselves, right? Like yes. the story we tell ourselves is going to be the prevalent story, even if we're lying to ourselves, right? And I think that right. how powerful that is. Like, oh, I tell myself that that 40,000 masks is not good enough. You're not working hard enough. Like you should be already at 100,000 like months ago. Like that's the story I tell my, no, no one, no one has ever sent me a message and says, I thought you're going to be at a hundred thousand ever. <laughs> but, but I tell myself that every morning, right. Or yeah. regular, I don't try to do it every morning, but when I look at the number, it's on a wall. So I, when I walk in the office, it's on the wall yeah. and I'm like, yeah. and I have to just be like, we're, we're, we're changing one life at a time. And yeah. all I can do there is, all I can do is that and just keep giving and, and trust that it's going to happen. Right. Like I, yeah. when I reached out to you, I was like, Man, this is so busy. I'm like, gonna... and then to like be connected, it was just it was like following your instinct and your heart, as opposed mm-hmm. to following what's mm-hmm. in my head. You know, right? No, I and I I totally get that. Uh, I tell you, like, because I have I have similar voices in my head. I'm my harshest critic. Like, uh, but at a certain point, I I started 
actually getting those messages. I get DMs like that. I see comments like that from people who uh, maybe I didn't live up to their expectations or, you know, other people whose dreams were dashed before they could follow through or, or realize any, anyway. Um, and I think that's why sometimes that those things can bother me so much. It's like, okay, you're telling me that I already tell myself that that must be the truth because, you know, I I've been through enough experiences and worked in enough, you know, before I, uh, was, you know, self-employed and doing, doing the mask work full time. I worked at a, at an indie music label and I saw, I, I would say a wide plethora of, of kind of like mental issues kind of, play into each other and also um man i gotta be honest i just lost my train of thought right there <laughs> oh that was beautiful well i think you were you were talking about this idea of, like, the of how yeah. the when you're working in the music industry how the mental health issues that were just behind the surface or that was yeah and and you know it can really it can really compound and um Man, I, I really had somewhere I was going with that, and I, I got to apologize because I totally well, let's got sidetracked. Well, yeah. Let's take, a, let's take uh, a breath together. Let's take a breath. Let's take a breath. There you go. I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah. What, what, like, let's say that what else is like something that. I mean, I don't want to, if you're getting close to it, I don't want to like divert you. No, you're right. Please. It'll come back to me in some weird way. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when you began to create these, these pieces of art, right. And, and I mean, even like the people you said that reached out to you and said, you're whatever they said in the messages that you weren't living up to their mm -hmm. expectations. How do you, do you have a practice of how you just like begin to like, cause I imagine you, who are doing some amazing work. I mean, every time I, I'm sharing your stuff with all of my folks and my students who, who I'm like, don't let me show you the pair of shoes that those are from, right? I get just so excited. Yeah. Like, like I've never, I never could afford fancy shoes, right? So like when I when I see them, I'm like, this is amazing. Like the, when I first saw your first mask, I literally almost like, I was speechless. I was like, Appreciate oh that. my goodness, right? Because we have been making these masks on these cards and I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's a real mask like oh my right and just how connected in our community shoes are to our young men right like yep. young men there's a movie called kicks uh yep. I, I, don't, I don't know the artist in it but uh, oh you've seen it yeah i've seen it's it yeah a story yeah. about how shoes causes people to do some really interesting and sometimes self-destructive things you know yeah absolutely because they they, they 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 bring this attention right they bring this attention sure. either positive and sometimes they can bring some negative attention. I've, I've, I've been on the end of Absolutely. negative attention for shoes a lot of times, right? Like I had a middle schooler when I was a vice principal walk up to me and he said, uh, hey, Mr. Brands, how are you doing? And I reached out to shake his hand and then he like did a little fake. And then he was like, what are those? And he pointed at my oh. shoe. I hadn't even heard of this thing yet at the time. So at, I'm like, and everybody in the cafeteria was preparing for this. So yeah. it erupted and I'm like, Oh boy, what, what, what just happened? Right. And I know I was the end of yeah. the joke, but yeah, then I learned, Oh yeah. And I, you know what I felt? I felt as an adult vice principal who has a job and insurance mm -hmm. and a car and <laughs> have a roof over my head. I felt like I felt in middle school being yeah. laughed at because my shoes were squeaking down the hall. 
Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's that's a lot why I have a collection now, man. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, we my my parents provided anything I could possibly need, but they weren't buying brand name sneakers for me. It was Walmart and Payless. And so when I was 14 and could get my own job, I started buying my own clothes. And that's where my obsession with, with that style and, and especially sneakers uh, really comes from. Um, and, and I get that. And, and it's frustrating because now I've seen cycles, right? Like, to me, like, if you don't know what those are, like, whatever, whatever you had on foot, the question, what are those, shows a lack of knowledge, which, like, my generation, we would have been like, I know what you got. You got the root boots on. Those ain't Tim's. You got some root boots right now. Like, whatever, whatever it may be, like, oh. it's, it, it is interesting to see, see these waves and, you know, how much, you know, the sneakers can mean different things. And I think the masks can mean different things. And, uh, that's a big reason why I've been able to stick with it for 10 years now is because I'm able to express and explore different ideas, tell different stories through different sneakers, whether it be through the materials, whether it's the colors, um, or if it's the, the mask itself, maybe it's a combination of the two and, and some blend of that. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's so many stories to tell and, being able to explore it and challenge myself in, in new ways, you know, keeps bringing me back to the work. And I still, you know, feel obviously in 2020 masks are more important than ever. Uh, you know, but for me, you know, I grew up going to uh, natural history museums and really admiring masks from around the world and throughout human history. Um, but when it came time to start making masks, I didn't want to, you know, just appropriate from, from the cultures that I've learned from, I wanted to make masks that represented uh, modern times and the culture that I was a part of, which was, you know, the sneaker world. And, and for me, I'm in sneakers because of hip hop. So uh, it was a, a look to express and explore um, the things that inspired me so much and, and maybe tap into in small ways, take a little chip off of that mountain of that we've been avoiding and like break it down into more manageable uh, bite-sized pieces, hopefully. Man, that's incredible. Well, you know, I, I am so thankful for you making time. I, I guess maybe the way I said, it, there's no planned closing, but I think one of the things I wanted to ask you, or maybe as we kind of get to the thinking about the next steps, like what, like when you when you come up with an idea or when you an idea is coming to you, maybe somebody comes to you with an idea. As you create that mass, that image, that that embody as you embody it, right? As you kind of take it on, you start to like get the materials ready to come all together. Mm -hmm. Like, where where do you feel the most inspired? Like, do you feel it like on the front end as you're like like starting to break down the pieces or do you feel like when it's the finished product like where where do you where do you maybe not the word where it inspire where do you like i, I don't know where, where does the energy hit you the most find the joy uh the, okay so it really depends on the mask uh and it doesn't come all at once it it comes in little moments um when 
you know, it might be early on. It might be when I'm cutting the sneaker up and I'm really excited about the materials uh, or, you know, I have something in mind and I'm, I'm eager to get to it and I'm excited about that potential. Um, almost always there's like a little pop of uh, endorphins right about the like 85, 90% complete range. Like you could see that light at the end of the tunnel because, you know, each mask can take me anywhere from, you know, I'd say at least a hundred hours per mask. Um, some can take, you know, weeks, months. I've spent years on, on a few masks. Um, but when I see that, like, okay, it's almost done. I, I know what it's going to look like. I did it. I achieved it. Um, and then there's another, uh, I would say another little gust of wind uh, when I'm going through photos after a photo shoot. Uh, and picking out the best ones and like, yeah, we got it. That's it. It's sharp. It's exactly what I wanted. I don't have to do a reshoot. Uh, that is, that's, that's a big, uh, I guess, happy place for me as well. Right on. Man, thank you for that. You know, when we, uh, we go to these workshops, when we were doing live workshops, that first part when I would ask people to take this blank card, um, is that part too. It's like, sometimes it's, as I see that they're hesitant, right? As I see the, mm-hmm. the, the, the worry, the fear, what is he about to ask us to do? What are we, what is he, what is he about? He just told like a personal story. Do I got to tell a personal story? And because we leave it wide open, uh, I never, I, based on the audience and where they're at after we do some storytelling, are they ready, right? And sometimes yeah. it's like that part where you say, okay, now I need you to turn your mask over and we're going to pass them to other people. And you hear that. <gasps> Like the, the yeah. they're anonymous, right? There's no name on them. So when we do, yeah. it's our idea of like, what? And then you just see some people get into a, I need a pencil. Like they're looking for, yeah, like let me erase this. What is this? Yeah. And then when they finally recognize that other, like that it's okay. And then when they start realizing, oh, it's gone. And then I have somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And then it's gone. And then I have somebody else's. And now when we're gonna all look at it together wait a minute, somebody else in here is going through this. You just see that moment of like, wow. And so, you know, I, I would, I, what I would tell people in this work is that we're trying to help people around the world recognize they're not alone, that there's so much going on with us that anybody could ever see by looking at us. But because we let our eyes fool us, we think we have nothing yeah. in common. And so I'm glad to know that you and I have something in common. And I, I hope that this won't be just the, the, the only time we connect. I hope it may be the beginning of Definitely an not. opportunity. I think there's young people out there who are, are who could be inspired by your work and who are, who are budding artists, but you know, somebody in their family said, you can't do nothing with no artist, right? And so they turn away their thing that they're, they could be the best at based yeah. on the messages of others. And so I, I just thank you for the work you're doing. And is there any message like, you know, that you would have to young people out there. I don't know um, if, if that if, or to anybody, to people out there in general, just around these masks and what you experienced today, you know, taking this moment with, you know, just you and I just kind of taking them off a little bit. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm real grateful and for, for this chance to do this. And, uh, you know, for the work that you're doing, honestly, because when usually that question I have something solid to say, but it really does mimic what you're what you're doing with the with the million mass movement and and uh, getting young people to share what 
is behind their mask and understand these these dualities that we have within ourselves. Um, I think, at least for me, I definitely saw that the front of my mask was reflecting an uh, opposite of something that I'm trying to hide. So, you know, my my hardworking is covering the depression, uh, you know, that type of thing, the confidence and the self doubt. Um, so, really, I, I just look forward to uh, doing more work with you and. Uh, I hope I hope if folks are out there uh, listening and have any type of creative passion, creative dream, uh, I would say know that there are so many uh, job and career paths that you can go down in a creative facet. There, we as creatives touch almost everything that you see and interact with on a daily basis. You know, it's more than just fine art hanging in galleries or you know, designing logos for t-shirts, it, it's, you know, product design. So there's just, there's so many things out there that even I didn't think of, you know, growing up and wanting to become an artist, you know, props makers for film. It, it's don't give up, just keep going. <laughs> Long winded way of saying, just keep going and looking for that thing that, that uh, you want to do for, for your life and dedicate your life to. And can you tell folks how they can, uh, what's the best way to connect with you by social media? What, 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 sure. Where would you like people to, to, to reach out to you or find you? Yeah. Um, the website is freehandprofit.com. That's F-R-E-E-H-A-N-D-P-R-O-F-I-T.com. And it's freehandprofit on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, yeah, shoot me a DM, send me a message there. Oh, I should say uh, folks go to patreon.com slash freehandprofit. That's the best way to support uh, independent artists is by becoming a uh, Patreon subscriber. Awesome. Thank you for that. And then you inspire me. So I want to thank you and I appreciate you for making time with us. And hey, um, this is just the beginning. So I look forward to Absolutely. more conversation and more mask making in the future. And you just inspired me to also start creating a mask a day. I don't know. I think I just, I got, you inspired me today. So I'm going to get love I'm, it. It's going to start. What was the name of the person you said that that uh, that was Noah Scalin, S C A L I N. You can find him on uh, Instagram, and uh, yeah, he does does really cool stuff. He's got a few books uh, about creative sprints and and the like too. All right. Well, maybe I'll I'll, I'll pick a number. I won't say three sixty five right this moment, but, <laughs> I, but I am I am going to pick a number and uh, start today. That sounds awesome, man. Thank look you, Free. So appreciate you. Looking forward to staying in touch, man. We look forward to even more amazing things out of you and your work and your creative mind. So uh, thank you for being here. We look forward to seeing you soon. My pleasure, man. Ever, See you soon. Ever, ever forward.